Welcome to His Church Owensboro Podcast. We are so excited about what God is doing in your life, and we would love to hear from you. Visit us at hischurch.cc and let us know about all of the things that God is doing in your life. If you have been blessed by this podcast and would consider supporting us financially, please visit hischurch.cc and click on Give to see the many options available. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message blesses you. Well, come on, let's give Jesus one more hand clap in the house of God today. Can we do that? Is anybody glad to celebrate Jesus on a Sunday morning? Huh? Anybody glad to celebrate Jesus on this Lord's Day? Amen? Why don't you welcome all of our campuses right now? Let's give our friends in Kentucky a big hand clap. Owensboro, Henderson, we love you. Our friends right up in Dumas, Texas, we love you. And uh, we're gathered together to celebrate today at Celebration Sunday. We're going to celebrate new life. We're going to dedicate children. Uh, we're going to baptize people. How many of y'all like to see new converts get baptized? That'll happen in all of our services. And we're going to join together as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I am fired up. I want you to turn to your neighbor and just tell them you're lucky you got to sit by me today. Tell them that you're lucky you got to sit by me today. And I'm going to preach, not for a long time. I'm going to preach about 97 minutes, and then I'll be done. That, that joke never gets old, does it? I love that joke. And uh, I'm going to do it out of a new Bible someone sent me. Look at that. Somebody sent me an ostrich skin Bible. That's pretty cool, isn't it? What a gift. If anybody wants to get me something, I like, I like dead animals on my feet, on my Bibles. Uh, you know, I like that kind of stuff, right? Kentucky and Texas, I get a pass. California, I could never pastor there. I could never pastor there. Uh, if you have your Bible on you this morning, I want you to open it up to the Gospel of St. John. Let's go to the Gospel of St. John. And we're doing a series called The Invitation right now. And really, the truth is, is that Jesus has invited all of us to do life with him. And here's something I discovered years ago. Doesn't matter how old you get, everybody in the room, everybody watching online, everybody in the world, we want to be picked. We want to be accepted. Life is a lot like the playground. Whenever teams used to get picked on the playground, I've said this last week, but if it was a basketball game and I'm from the state of Kentucky, I was one of the last kids to get picked because I'm short, kind of wide. I'm a lot better offensive guard on the football field than I am any kind of ball, basketball handler. So I know what it is to be one of the last guys because all I was good for is fouling. And you sit there and you keep waiting for a captain to pick you and nobody picks you. And how many of you know that hurts? Can I get an amen out there? Well, the same's true in life. Right? It doesn't matter if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. You want to be picked by somebody. Everybody wants to be accepted. Jesse and I were just ministering down in Colombia this, this week with Apostle Gustavo, and there's gang problems there. There's cartel problems there. And a lot of those kids that get caught up in that world, they're just looking for someone to come by and pick them. Now, I'm going to tell you what, I've got good news for every person in this room. The world might have rejected you, and somebody might not have picked you on this earth, but there is a God in heaven that has already picked you, already called you, already said, come do life with me. You have an invitation from God Most High. He's calling us to do life with Him. So I want us to look at, at John chapter 1. Last week, we saw Jesus call four fishermen. Today, we're going to see him call Philip and Nathaniel. John chapter 1 and verse 43, here's what it says. It says this, 
The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Come on, everybody say, follow me, follow me, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. How many of y'all believe that we're going to see greater things than these in Amarillo, Texas, greater things than these in Henderson, Kentucky? Come on. In Owensboro and Dumas, we're going to see greater things than these. Jesus finds Philip, calls him, and says, follow me. And Philip follows Jesus. And see, one of the real distinctions of a follower of Jesus is if you become a follower of Jesus, you become like Jesus. Jesus in his nature is always inviting, always drawing, always calling. Whenever you get close enough to Jesus, that becomes your nature. You start always calling, always drawing, always trying to take the God that you love and take humanity and introduce them to one another. How many know the greatest thing you will ever feel or be a part of since you've been born again is to help somebody else get born again? Can I get an amen out there, right? Whenever you're a part of praying and leading someone to Jesus, it really is supernatural. And whenever you invite someone to church or you invite someone to Jesus or you share your testimony, I believe you open up the Spirit of God to begin to work in their life. Whenever we move, God moves. Come on, church. Whenever we invite, God invites. Can I get an amen out there? Whenever we witness, it's really God backing our play. See, now it's harder for me in many ways to invite people to church because my cover's blown. In the cities I pastor, uh, most of the people, a lot of the people know who I am. And they expect me as the pastor to invite them to church. I invite them to church and they're like, of, co of, of course you got to invite me to church. You're, you're paid to invite me to church. And since I've been doing what I've been doing this last year or so, I'm known more places. And so my cover's even further blown. Some of you are so undercover, I'm concerned about you. I got, I got to admit, you're so far undercover, I'm concerned about you, right? But you're like a secret weapon in the hand of God. And whenever you invite people, I'll tell you, I believe your invitation to Jesus and your invitation to church is seen more credible than mine is because people know I'm a pastor and they think that I have to do that. And whenever they find out I'm a pastor, do you know how weird it gets? You get on an airplane with somebody, I fly a lot because I'm preaching. Uh, first things, what's your name, right? 
Where are you from? This is what men say. Third thing is what do you do? And when we get to the what do you do, I lied to them. I'm like, I'm a photographer. That's what I did. No, no. Um, I, sometimes I tell them, I, I tell them, oh, well, I'm in the cattle business. Because I am. Come on, that's not a lie. That's just half a lie. Like whenever Abraham said, Sarah, she's not my wife, she's my sister, right? It's, I just don't tell them the whole story. Because the moment they know I'm a pastor, you know how weird a lot of people get? They either want to tell me all of their problems immediately, and I'm like, your sins are remitted, my child. It's like confession hour. They're really big with that with Jesse. Or, or they totally shut down. And um, I remember years ago to, to, to get people to come to church. I would do, I'll do almost anything to get people to hear the gospel short of sin. How many of y'all think we ought to be willing to do almost anything short of sin? Come on, come on, church, to get somebody to Jesus, I'll do whatever, whatever it takes. And I used to play a whole lot of golf. I, I don't play a lot anymore. I'm too busy. But I worked uh, when Jesse and I went to college at Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I, I caddied, and I even trained their caddies uh, on how to handle people on the golf course, how to caddy, how to, how to read putts. Pretty cool place because we had the U.S. Open there. So I got to play golf for free there. That's why I worked there in college. It wasn't about uh, the money. It was about the free golf, right? So so made a lot of money caddying. I made more money caddying than I made pastoring for the first several years as a pastor. But the boys that would work in the cart barn and other caddies, we would play golf when we weren't working. And all those guys gamble Whenever they're playing golf, it's just part of it, right? Was raised playing golf, and if you weren't playing for money, you really weren't playing. And I got saved back then, and so I, I, I would do this. Um, I would say to the guys, listen, I'll play, and I'll put my money up against you, all right? If you win, I pay. But if my team wins, you come to church with me. Now, I don't know if that's right or wrong. You can work all that out in your own heart, but I'll tell you, it was effective. You want to make some putts, putt for Jesus, and Jesus will anoint those putts. Come on, somebody give God a hand clap. He can make that ball find the hole. And when I would make those deals, my team would almost always win. And so I would have all these young frat boys and guys from the golf course and all these party animals, and uh, they'd have to come in on Sunday morning to the church. Man, I would watch the anointing start to move. And these guys would get convicted, and their heads would hang down. I mean, no, I'm not into condemning people, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit is good for all of us. Amen? The conviction. We're not into con condemning people. Can I get an amen out there? We're not into condemning people, but the conviction of the Holy Spirit works on us to get us out of our sin and onto our way in he to, to heaven's plan for our life. Come on, let's give God a hand clap for real Holy Spirit conviction. How many of y'all think we need that in our church and in our lives? Amen? Not condemnation, but conviction. And all of those guys, they all didn't become Christians. But I'm telling you, I saw multiples get born again that are still serving in the kingdom of God to this day. Because whenever I invited them, it wasn't just me inviting them. Come on, it was Jesus inviting them. Whenever you invite them, it's not just you inviting them. Come on, it's Jesus inviting them. How many of y'all want to become the hands and feet of Jesus and bring somebody to him and them to follow him and become a fully devoted disciple of Jesus? Would you like to be a part of that? I'm telling you, I believe there's an anointing coming upon us for that. So Jesus goes with Philip. Philip comes to Nathaniel and he's inviting uh, Nathaniel to come. And he says, there's this guy from Nazareth. I believe this guy from Nazareth is the one that the prophets have spoken of. 
He's saying, I believe we found Messiah. Come on, what a statement to make to a Jew. Now, now to us today, of course, Jesus Christ hand in hand. But back then, everyone was looking for Messiah. The, the, the Jews that don't believe that Jesus is Messiah, the Orthodox community, they're, they're still consumed with find, finding Messiah. Messiah runs through their DNA, through their thoughts, right, through all of their prophets, all of the writings. He said, I think we found him. They say, where is he from? Nathaniel answers, he's from Nazareth. Or, or Philip answers, he's from Nazareth. Nathaniel looks back and says, nothing good can come out of that podunk town of Nazareth. Do I have any brothers or sisters out here from what the world might call a podunk town? Anybody? Anybody? Come on, all of us, the coastlines, think we're all from a podunk town. They call us the flyover places, right? Right here, you're in the flyover place. Have any of you ever heard anybody from Dallas or Austin or Houston talk bad about Amarillo? Come on, Western Kentucky. How many of y'all have ever heard the Lexington and Louisville people say you're from nowhere and a nobody in the western part of the state? They say, can anything good come out of West Texas? Can anything good come out of western Kentucky? I'm going to tell you that a revival and the power of God and the anointing of God can come out of West Texas. It can come out of western Kentucky. It can sweep around the earth. We could usher in the last great revival before the coming of the Son of Man. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Jesus did. Now I'm telling you, something good can come out of these towns. Does anybody believe it with me out there? I believe it. Jesus walks up. They have the introduction. Jesus looks, looks at Nathaniel, and he says, here's a man who'll tell you the truth. He knows by word of knowledge what kind of man he is. Now, it's interesting that before this, Nathaniel is sitting under a fig tree. Nathaniel is a man of the truth. Jesus prophesies it. Do you know, in Jewish culture back then, one of the proper places for you to study the Torah, according to the rabbis, was under the fig tree because the fig tree was a symbol of national Israel. So Nathaniel's sitting under the fig tree. Many scholars believe he's probably doing his daily Torah study at this time looking for the truth. So he's a man that will say what he thinks. He's a man that speaks of the truth. That's one theory of him sitting under the fig tree. Jesus knows it by the word of knowledge prophetically, knows where he's come from. He also, there's another theory, and this is tradition, okay? So I don't want you to take this as full-fledged, 100% uh, truth, because I don't know if it's true or not. Turn to your neighbor and tell them this is only tradition. Tell them that. This is only tradition, all right? All right? I, I always want people to know what's Scripture and what is tradition. I'm just giving you the tradition and, and just so you know what people have taught. Many people taught that Nathaniel was abandoned as a child in church history. And then he came up around the fig trees, ate the figs for sustenance, and that's how he stayed alive and learned from the rabbis and religious leaders the things of God, that he was an abandoned son of Israel. And so whenever Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree, it had double meaning. He saw him whenever Philip was talking to him prophetically, but he knew his childhood. And he was an abandoned son, the tradition goes, and that Jesus comes by and calls him. How many know whether that's true or not, that tradition is right or wrong? How many know that all of us, in a sense, have been abandoned by people and abandoned because of our sin, and Christ still loves us when the world rejects us? He still comes by and calls us. Can I get an amen out there? Come on. He calls you, Nathaniel. 
He calls you Philip. He calls you Simon. He calls you Peter. He calls you Matthew. He's calling you, saying, come do life with me. Nathaniel is blown away by the word of knowledge. Just spent, I don't know, four or five days with Gustavo, the apostle, who was here. Did y'all enjoy Gustavo when we was here a couple weeks ago? Man, just that word of knowledge, watching, watching it work and ministering down there in his church this week in Columbia. Now I get up and I preach and I pray and I prophesy and I lay hands on people and I do everything I could do. Then Gustavo walks up, grabs a piece of paper, writes down like three things, picks somebody out of the crowd and reads the secrets of their hearts and hands them to them on paper. And I'm like, why am I even trying? What am I, what am I, what am I even doing here, right? And uh, I said to him, Apostle, what am I even doing here, right? I'm a pastor. I'm not, I don't do what exactly you do. And he said, uh, you're here to get what's on me on you at a higher level. How many of y'all think we need a greater signs and wonders anointing? Come on, come on, give God a hand clap. If you believe we need a, great, we need a greater. Amen? Signs and wonders anointing. Then Jesus, he's blown away. He saw me under the fig tree. Truly, he, he already says, maybe the first guy just to out and out say it out loud. All right? The guys before said, we think we found the Messiah. He looks up and he says, you are the Messiah. Jesus said, just because I told you I saw you under the fig tree, you think I'm the guy? He said, you're going to see greater things than these. You'll see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. What does that language mean to a student of the Torah? Where does that come from? You'll see the angels ascending and descending. What's well, Jacob at Bethel? Jacob dreams the dream of God. Amen? God opens up his heart. He lays his head down on a rock. He's running for his life. And he has this encounter with God at Bethel, which is called the house of God or the gate of heaven. Right now in church where we're lifting up the name of Jesus, you are in a Bethel that is the place that is the gate of heaven where angels ascend and descend. I want you to see they don't descend and descend. They ascend they're on the ground first. Come on. The angels are already here. Can I get an amen? They ascend and they descend. Jesus looks at, at, at Nathaniel and he's saying, what I am is I am the ladder between earth and heaven. And you watch and you'll see the supernatural happen around my life. And he follows Jesus. Nathaniel gets a front row seat to see it all. Sees the blind eye open. Sees the deaf ear pop. Sees the lame get up. Sees the secrets of hearts revealed. Sees the religious community repent. Sees Mary come and fall at his feet. He sees the angels ascend and ascend. And Nathaniel is there at the end. After the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And he literally gets to see the ascension of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Come on, whenever we follow him, we're going to see greater things than anyone could believe. You're going to see greater things than you ever thought were possible. Come on, church. You're going to see greater things than the previous generation. God's hand is on your life. He's invited you. And I'll tell you what, he wants you to invite others. Come on, give God a hand clap if you think he wants you to invite others. Let's be a Philip that brings a Nathaniel to Jesus. That's what your testimony is really about. You've met him, right? Now you invite others to come and see. Come and see. Come and see. 
Book of Revelation says you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. How many are thankful that the blood has been shed for our sins? Amen. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. It's the only way we overcome, but also by the word of your testimony, what that blood has done in your life. Your testimony will open up doors that no man can shut. Whenever you invite, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God starts to work in people's lives. I want you to stand up on your feet for one moment. Now, I want, I want to pray over you at every campus. If you got some of those invitations, I want you to get them in your hand. There's cards right around in the seat right there. I want you to pick them up. I'll tell you right now, we're doing, we're doing billboard campaigns. We're doing social media campaigns. We're doing everything we can do, these kind of things, to invite people to Jesus. The world keeps telling everybody to stay home and be afraid. We're telling you to come to the cross and have faith because our God is bigger than any problem in the world. And in this hour, how many know we need more of Jesus and more of his word and more of his church? Amen? Amen. We need more, not less. So we see the day approaching. And, and if you look prophetically, we're closer to the day. So I want to work the works of God while, while there's still time before the curtain falls on this age of grace. I'll say it like that. So right now as we invite others, they still have a chance to come in. But there, there is a day coming. There's a day coming, I believe it's sooner than it is later, where an Old Testament prophecy will be fulfilled, where it says the harvest is over, the summer has ended, and we are not saved. It's one of the saddest scriptures that's written. There's a day, boom, the curtain closes. This age is over. But it's not yet. Come on. It's not yet. There's still time for our lost loved ones. There's still time for our lost co-workers. There's still time for lost nations. They're waiting on somebody like you to show up and to invite them. You don't have to be perfect to invite them. As a matter of fact, I, I kind of think that, and I, I've just watched, statistically it's proven, that people are even more effective when they first come into the kingdom of God before they know all the do's and don'ts than they are after they've been in the kingdom for a very long time. Part of that's because your friend groups change, you're not around lost people as much. But I'm telling you, you can hand somebody a card and run off into the darkness even if you're afraid, right? Just give them that card and sprint off. You'll learn to get bold. I'm going to pray that there'll be a boldness to invite, to draw people to Jesus that had come upon every one of us. Come on, lift a hand to heaven right there. Lift a hand to heaven. Then after we pray, man, we're going to dedicate children. We're going to baptize people at the campuses today, all of these services. And all of that's happening because somebody invited somebody. There was an invitation extended. Father, right now I pray for the anointing of God. Lord, to invite and to bring people to Jesus. Let it, come from, let it come upon us in a supernatural way. Let it come upon us and let people dream the dream of God. Lord, let the invitation go out to, to Andrew and Peter and James and John and Philip and Nathaniel and Matthew and Levi. And let it, let it supernaturally happen. I pray, Father, right now that that power of God will come upon each and every one of us. Come on, receive the anointing of God to be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And to the uttermost parts of the earth, we believe we receive it in Jesus' mighty name. Now, come on, somebody give God a hand.